0: Oh, RB means raffle brothers. RB means raffle brothers. Hello and welcome to episode 53 of Brews Less Traveled, the podcast exploring the best uncharted craft beer cities across America. I'm your host, Brian. And if you don't know why I just started the episode by yelling raffle brothers, then I recommend going back and listening to our previous episode. Check that out. I'm happy to to be welcoming back a uh, friend of the pod for this series of episodes. Please join me in welcoming back the wonderful MC. MC, how's it going?
1: Um, I'm good. I'm really glad to be back. Yeah. How are you?
0: Oh, I am uh, doing great. Uh, There are very ominous storm clouds outside. It's very dark here. My power keeps flickering, so fingers crossed. But I had a great uh, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, Really good time here. One of my local breweries just on the street, Grist House, celebrated their eighth anniversary so we went down there, had a good time. My daughter was dancing to the music. I drank very good beer. It was wonderful.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Um, our brewery just celebrated their eighth anniversary a couple weekends ago, too. So must, must have been a good year to start breweries. 2014, I think.
0: Yeah. 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 Here in Pittsburgh, there was like four breweries at that time. So it was a very adventurous time to start a brewery, a craft oh, wow. brewery nonetheless. And yeah. uh, you mentioned your brewery. You should plug your brewery.
1: Yeah, not, not my brewery. Not, but the not brewery your brewery. brewery, the brewery. Um, yeah. It's called Logboat. Um, and we're in Columbia, Missouri. So, yep, we just celebrated eight years. Um, I did not go to the eight year celebration because I was happily on a fishing boat in remote Ontario, Canada. So, that's what I've been up to fishing, drinking a lot of Labette Blue.
0: I saw that you were fishing on right. your Instagram. I didn't know you had crossed the border to do so.
1: Yeah. So my dad and I have been planning this trip, um, since before the pandemic. So we, we finally got up there, took a, a little remote flight on a little propeller plane out into the middle of nowhere. Um, and sat on a fishing boat for like three days and caught walleye and, um, pike and, uh, lake trout. It was, it was really fun.
0: Wow. That yeah, sounds I'm like sure. that sounds like an awesome awesome time. Yeah, um, we talked. We started talking about your brewery. You did something oh, yeah. very cool since the last time we had you uh, co-hosting on this show. Uh, tell us about the the beer that you brewed at. Yeah. Logboat.
1: Um. So I'll preface this by saying I am the first woman in these eight years to work in production at Logboat. So pretty exciting that this year they um, encouraged me to brew a Pink Boots beer. Um, So for anybody that doesn't know, the Pink Boots Society is like a women in beer society. It's international. Um, And then there are like local chapters. So I am a part of the St. Louis chapter, which is like two hours away from me, not super close. So I'm kind of all by myself here in Columbia have a local chapter. Uh, But my bosses uh, were really supportive of me being a part of Pink Boot Society and still wanted me to brew something. So they bought me the Pink Boots Hop Blend, which is just a blend of hops that Yakima Chief and Pink Boot Society puts together. They release for um, a collaborative brew day. Um, And people are like generally encouraged to brew with the women of their chapter and their brewery, um, on or around international women's day. So I was about a month late. I brewed mine on April 7th, but you know, close, um, still did it. Yep. And so I brewed, I wrote a recipe and then I brewed on our, it's just like a little half barrel system. It's like a glorified brew R and D system that I brewed on. Um, but I brewed a double dry hopped IPA with all with these hops that are um that was part of the hop blend so yeah the hop blend i used was gosh i'm gonna get this wrong it's been a while but it was idaho gem laurel eldorado and azeka i believe it was a really really tasty blend um if you guys have had any of those hops you kind of can gather what that beer is going to taste like a little bit um basically yep um you know and and it has changed a lot it's like developed a lot since sitting in the keg for a little bit i just kegged it i just have it on tap um in the production facility so we've just kind of been slowly working on the kegs a little bit but yeah it's like dry but has a nice like smooth mouthfeel to it even though it finishes nice and dry um there's definitely a hop like bite Presence to it. You know, I, I put in some 15 minute hops. So there's a little bit of like boil, bitter hops to it. But then I mostly threw in everything um, at flame out, like five minutes after flame out. So it's very, very aromatic. Um, like, yeah, nice and soft, but not so soft that you don't get any hops at all. So yeah, then I double dry hopped it, um, put it in kegs, and let it condition for about three weeks. Nice. Pretty, pretty proud of the final product. I, I have to say
0: that sounds awesome. Well, I wish I could easily get to Columbia, Missouri, and try that beer, but unfortunately, I don't think I can before it runs out. But
1: well, next year I'm going to brew it on the big system, and I'll send oh, you a game about.
0: That would be wonderful.
1: There we uh, go. What's the plan. Well, it,
0: I'm, I'm going to hold you to it. Oh, uh, well. It's a new month, and uh, that means we got a new featured city, and our next featured city uh, was actually the home of one of my dad's favorite authors. Shout out, Dad. He's watching. Uh, Also, one of my favorite authors, James Crumley, uh, a town in the plains of the West, originally referred to as the Gate of Hell by French fur trappers that witnessed the bloody conflicts over bison in this area. This area would actually be known as Hellgate until 1886, when it was renamed Missoula, Montana. MC, have you ever been to Montana?
1: I haven't. Uh, well, I'd love to go.
0: All right. Well, other
1: than renamed that city, I don't think I would have gone when it was called Hellgate. But I'd love to go now.
0: I 100% would have gone when it was called <laughs> Hellgate, especially if it was like an all-day metal festival that like replaced oh. Ozfest. Hey. Hellgate. 2022 (laughs) get your tickets three-day festival um (laughs) i have been to missoula and it was absolutely wonderful if you're watching uh you could see behind us the big m that's on the hill overlooking the beautiful town of missoula and um as someone that just talked a lot about the fishing you've done (laughs) i have to tell you you would love missoula it sits near two great rivers of montana there is wonderful fishing all up and down both of those rivers and uh i am gonna make it my goal for these next five episodes to convince you to go to missoula
1: Mm, i don't think i have to be convinced (laughs) like it sounds fantastic like uh it looks beautiful everything i've seen of montana looks beautiful um i would say that previously i would say But I wasn't sure if there'd be any like good beer, which is really important to me on a trip. But I guess we're about to find out about some good beer.
0: Well, that's definitely what we're going to do for these next five episodes is find out about some great beer that comes from Missoula, Montana. And uh, a hello, first of all, to our uh, Beer Club subscribers tuning in and a special hello to our new subscribers. How you and Any of you watching? Have you been to Missoula? Uh, throw your thoughts in the chat we'd love to hear about it and uh, this month we got three great breweries to feature from the city of missoula uh, we're featuring Draftworks, works kettle house and Imagination. nation and we've got some excellent beers and some really fun episodes with a, a special thing planned to cap off the end of this month 12 beers of christmas subscribers will be excited but we'll leave the rest of that surprise for later intent <laughs> and uh m c what are we drinking tonight?
1: Well, so we are gonna drink the that's what she said cream ale excited about a cream ale. I love cream yes. ales
0: yeah, uh definitely an underappreciated style. this one coming to us from uh draftworks, and wow. uh yeah, yeah, let's do it. We're doing it with a great beer uh. This is a a, a solo episode. It's one of those freewheeling episodes, those uh, non-traditional episodes. What do we, I can't remember what we call them. We call them the fun episodes. All the episodes are fun, but it's just MC and I tonight hanging out, talking about beer. All
1: right. Cheers.
0: Cheers. Laura, our producer said she uh, drove through Montana when she was a kid and it was boring. Very flat. There are lots of mountains, lots of hills in Missoula. Uh, But now that she's a beer lover, uh, I think she would love, she thinks she would love exploring the state. I just completely forgot how to read properly there. So thoughts on this beer?
1: (laughs) Mm, Yeah. Pat says that cream ales are hard to come by. I agree. They're so good when you can though. You know, I lived in DC for a long time where Genesee cream is like, you know, your go-to beer. So I've been, I've been missing a good cream ale. I really enjoy this one. It's definitely You definitely get that sweet cornness to it. It's definitely sweeter than, like, your normal, like, American lager.
0: Yeah, and that's a cool thing about American uh, cream ale, especially American. I guess they're all American-style cream ale. Oh, I'm supposed to be the beer expert. I should know where cream ales originate from. I think they're American. Oh, man. Um, They're American. They're American? Okay. But
1: I think they got kind of, like, um, honed in Canada, actually. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know much about that history. I know that, you know, German settlers were kind of the first in America, were the f- first folks to start to um, experiment with cremails. But then they weren't super popular here because American loggers were very, very popular. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the Canadians were really who like crafted this style um, until it became more popular in America again.
0: It makes sense that the uh, Germans would have influence on it because I had, uh, had read previously that when they first came over here to America, the barley here is much higher protein content, which right. makes it really hard to make really nice, clear, clean lagers. So they would often substitute corn for a lot of that. And uh, that's where corn kind of became a brewing grain. But there's lots of grains in this. This is obviously a very thoughtfully
1: designed
0: right. recipe. There's two row and Munich malts in here. There's also flaked corn and flaked barley. And I think those two flaked uh, grains are what's really helping the, the mouthfeel of this beer, the really smoothness that everybody's commenting on and uh, Galena and fuggle hops too. So there's a nice light hop character to it. Only 18 IBUs and a 5.2% beer, but they're there. They're there a little bit.
1: Very, very drinkable.
0: Yeah, very much. And as people are remarking, it's a style that you don't see very often. You know, Genesee Cremale is kind of like the model, the goat, I guess, Yeah. of, of Cremales. But I think they're making a comeback uh, just down the street from me is Grist House Brewery. They have their Creek Crusher Cremale that's on pretty often. And I think this new appreciation for crispy beers, mm-hmm. all the crispy boys and crispy girls out there. Uh, are, are really starting to appreciate a cream ale is, you know, right. just, just a nice change up from a Hellas, a Pilsner or a Kosh.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think that the, you know, the hot profile being a little different than what you might normally get out of like a German lager out of like a Hellas or a Pilsner or something, um, makes it a little more interesting, And also like the, the malt profile gives it a little bit more mouthfeel than those super crispy, dry, um, something, sometimes you want a little bit more than um, something like ultra refreshing. And I think this is a nice middle ground between, you know, between an ale and a lager, which it, you know, obviously is since it's brewed with ale yeast, but lagered to condition. Um, So it's kind of in the middle there.
0: Yeah. And uh, I think, you definitely wouldn't find Munich malt in, you know, your typical Pilsner. So it's nice. Like you get that, you get that depth of a big beer, but it doesn't have the finish of a bigger beer and uh, certainly doesn't sit in your stomach the same way a bigger beer does too.
1: Right. Yep. I like that this time of year.
0: Definitely good lawnmower beer, good porch beer, as they say. Uh, Nick and Nora said in 2015 they visited Tamarack Brewing Company. I saw them when I was in downtown. They said they only had one night in Missoula. That's sad. It's a it's a good town. It's a fun town. So let's talk more about our featured city, Missoula. Missoula is a town about 80,000 residents. It's mostly fueled by a uh, college that's there, University of Montana, and um, a hospital. There's a big hospital that employs a lot of people in the area. Um, but there's also about a dozen craft breweries in the city. So like, that's a pretty good amount of breweries for 80,000 people.
1: Yeah, I would say that's a lot of breweries for 80,000 people.
0: Yes. And statistically I could prove that Mazzella is actually a uh, third in the country when it comes to breweries per capita, a uh, quick recap on breweries per capita, mainly for myself because I absolutely messed this up on a previous episode. Uh, Breweries per capita means the number of breweries per 100,000 residents. And Montana uh, at large has about a million residents and um, 105 breweries total. So you do the math, that's about 13 breweries per 100,000 residents, putting them third in the country. That's like pretty good. The only two states that are ahead of them are Maine and Vermont. Mm. Ever heard of the beer scenes in those cities <laughs> or in those states? Like,
1: yeah.
0: it's really good company to be in. Uh, two states that are very well known. Uh, the we we could say those are brews more traveled, certainly.
1: <laughs> right. Yes. Love that pun.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I I don't think most people would recognize Montana as that kind of a state that has appreciation for beer like that.
1: Yeah, so, I mean. I think we've all probably had a moose drool and loved it. Uh, You know, you can definitely appreciate Montana for that. But I'm looking forward to like drinking some some non moose drool Montana beers, really getting to know the Montana beer scene a little bit better.
0: Yeah, of course, uh, MC is referencing moose drool, a American brown ale from Big Sky Brewing, which is one of, if not the biggest brewery. Uh, One of the biggest breweries in the state of Montana, and you could definitely see their effects and hear about their effects in Missoula. You know, one of these things that you find when you go to a lot of really good beer cities is that there's this like, I don't know what the right word for it is. It's like they're like almost like grandfather, grandmother breweries, like feeder breweries that have been around for a while. They grow. Because they entered in the distro era and they're able to grow at an exponential rate, make a lot of jobs for people, get very regimented and uh, uh, deliberate with how they do things, and train people to be very, very good brewers, very, very good industry professionals. And then those people go out and start their own places or become a head brewer at another slightly bigger, you know, slightly big place or do something else in the industry that has an impact. And when you visit these breweries in Missoula, you hear about that coming from Big Sky, certainly.
1: And does Big Sky focus on like American styles or do they have like a concentrated focus with their beers at all that you see in the, you know, in the outpouring of beers coming out of Montana now? I
0: will be honest. I am only familiar with Moostrol. I know them as kind of just a classic American craft beer place. They're very well known for Moostrol. And I didn't see a ton of Big Sky around whenever I was in Missoula. I did not visit their brewery because I tend to just visit the places that were going to feature on the podcast and then uh, spend the time doing other cool stuff around town.
1: Well, and it sounds like plenty of breweries to visit. You don't need to go to like the big ones.
0: Yeah. I mean, sometimes we'll, I'll get out to another one just because it's like, I mean, what else am I going to do tonight? I got nothing else to do. <laughs> I got <laughs> more meetings. My job is to I, go to
1: breweries. I, maybe I'll go to one more brewery.
0: Maybe I'll go to one more. Tug my arm. Let's take a beer break and talk more about the history of Missoula. As mentioned earlier, this area was founded as a small settlement west of downtown, originally known as Hellgate. This town would eventually move to its modern location in 1866. And while Missoula never boomed as a result of the gold rush, the Northern Pacific Railway had a great impact on the growth of Missoula's lumber industry. And in turn, the city. In 1895, the University of Montana would open in Missoula and the city would continue to grow through the turn of the century. Wood and paper products drove the area's growth throughout the 20th century, with 40% of the county's labor income coming from those industries in the 1970s. Now the logging yards have mostly disappeared and education and healthcare are now the leading industries. And Missoula is kind of viewed as a cultural center with an eclectic feel similar to places like Burlington, Vermont, or Bend, Oregon. Now let's get back to the show. I guess I could spill the beans now. Uh, last month, our uh, good friend of the pod and producer of the pod, Laura, had to fill in for me one month, and or one week, and that was because I had some serious travel issues uh, concerning my trip to Missoula. Actually, I uh, missed a flight and that screwed up my whole week in my travel and cut my visit short to Missoula. And uh, yeah, the the effects are, are, are resonating until now. Laura got the host that awesome episode with Nico and I had one day in Missoula to run around and visit all the cool things that I could possibly visit in one day and then crash into my bed and Take a 6 a.m. flight to the next city, which we're going to feature next month, which is uh, just to to, to tie things back again. Go back and listen to last month's episode to catch up on them. You'll you'll understand all those references.
1: We will. We will.
0: (laughs) So another cool thing I saw um, uh, when I another cool thing I picked up on in my research is Montana kind of really is the embodiment of what this podcast is is meant to be we've been talking about how like you don't expect it to be that big beer state um i don't think a lot of people expect it to have like that many breweries that strong of a scene and uh there's literally like a solid brewery in just about every town in montana and something i heard a lot around town was that Montanans love stuff from Montana. They support their local businesses and they really, I think you find that when you you get in you know, somewhat more rural areas, they really take pride in things that, that come from that area and will support small businesses and will support local places. And I think that's what's allowed craft beer to thrive in a place that people wouldn't think.
1: Yeah, especially with like the pandemic and everything. Like I'm sure that distribution of beer from Montana was uh, not very high. I mean, they would have to really rely on like their local culture to support them. So to hear that there are so many small breweries that are also very successful um, is really, really shows how supportive their local community is to them. Um, That's great. And, And that you could notice it just being there for. Uh, less than 24 hours it must be uh, very apparent.
0: Yeah, it's definitely something that everybody talked about in in the brewery meetings that I had and the people that I was talking to at breweries. And even before I got out to the breweries, I went in town and visited a small coffee shop and was talking to people there and uh, talked to some other people in the street. My Uber drivers and everybody really talked about that pride that people took in those local shops. And when I eventually made my way downtown, you could see it reflected in every corner that you turned. There was like not a single chain business. There was a ton of local, great local shops. I had bagels from this place called Bagels on Broadway. Great coffee. Uh, shout out to the girl working the counter that had a sweet death shirt on. Shout out to like the three death metal fans here that got that reference. Um, and I had pizza at this place called Biga Pizza, which was phenomenal. Like, mm-hmm. Pretty sure it was wood fired oven pizza, but it was great. And like, it was just all small local businesses throughout this whole little town where there's mountains all around, there's hills all around. You feel like you're in nature, and you can see how people took pride in other things that developed in this, you know, kind of rugged landscape in the city that literally
1: began known as Hell's Gate. Like, Much of an improvement, it sounds like, since it was called Hellscape. Yeah. Nick and Nora say that the river walk was really cool. Do you know about the river walk or like the rivers going through town?
0: I absolutely do. One of the coolest things I think I saw when I was walking around town, like almost after immediately after I left that bagel shop, is this thing called Brennan's Wave. It's on the Clark Fork River. And basically someone, possibly Brennan, took a huge rock and like put it in the river. And that creates a wave that people surf year round. Wow. Yes.
1: They surf it on a river. Oh, yeah. That wild.
0: So they kind of just wade into the water here. Uh, for our audio listeners, I am showing pictures. You can check our Instagram. I'll share the pictures on there. But yeah, people kind of wade into the water. They got wetsuits on. They... kind of ride this wave for a couple minutes. Some of them were doing tricks and spinning around.
1: And look, Uh, you can see downtown. Is that downtown behind them?
0: uh, So downtown is like behind me from where I'm taking this picture. Off in the distance are some of the hills in Montana and that's uh, the bridge that goes from like downtown area to another one of the kind of more hip uh, neighborhoods in the area. And
1: yeah, a bunch of
0: people hanging out down there. Uh, I walked up and down the River Walk, um, which is where that Brennan's wave is, and um, saw a bunch of different people going in, uh, surfing for a little bit, coming out. New crew came in, and it seemed like it was a hot spot. It was—it uh, was just last month. It was towards the end of May. It was in the 30s when I was there, and it was snowing when people were surfing, but it, that was like not slowing down the flow of surfers that were coming to surf this one wave on wow. the river.
1: Yes. That's how you got to live. If you live in Montana. I, I mean like, yeah, <laughs> they're just making the
0: best of what they have. They want to surf. Insane. They don't have a wave. They don't, they don't have, they don't have an ocean. They don't have yeah. currents. So like, Hey, let's take this big rock. Let's throw it in the river. If, I mean, I don't I, You probably look like I probably should have. Yeah. We don't care if it's dangerous. <laughs> Somebody gets stuck under here it works out for us it was pretty rad and like you could see people walking down the river walk they would see them go and hang out on these like overlooks that they had um people were walking by and they knew some of the surfers and you could tell it was like a thing that was just known in the community and it was almost like a gathering place for people to hang out and you know shoot the shit on a a, on a thursday morning and and then go on with their day like if, what, if you're surfing that early in the morning, like that's the start to your day. What else are you going to do that day? Like that wasn't the thing that they're doing for the day. That's just like, right. that's the like start.
1: The the day. Everything else is easy after that. Yeah. Throw yourself in degree water. The rest of the day only has to be easier.
0: Yes. It's all downhill from there. And that's right. the proper use of that expression. That's the type <laughs> of that I have. Like that. Everybody misuses that expression. I think
1: Uh, I think that I'll just say before we jumped on here, you were telling me something else really cool about the rivers and Missoula specifically and, and beer and the breweries. Oh, I was trying to say that for next week. Oh, I guess we'll have to just wait to find out. Yeah.
0: We'll talk about next week. There's a very cool company that operates there that combines our love of rivers and our love of beer. But uh, as Nick mentioned in the chat, some of the wildest, Weirdest beer laws in the country, wildest as well. Uh, All the breweries close at eight. If you uh, make beer on site, like if you have like a brew pub model, which, you know, these are mostly small breweries, most of them do, uh, they can only sell you 48 ounces of beer per day.
1: To consume? Or can you only take away 48 ounces?
0: Good, good distinction there. To consume on site. Um, I don't know if they had any restrictions oh. in terms of beer you could take with you, but yeah, you could only have 48 ounces on site. All the breweries closed at eight, some of them closed at 10, but those were the ones that had like, they had some separate address or separate loophole mm. thing that they were working where this building that was connected to their brewery was their tap room and it had a different address. And because it's not the same address, they could stay open till 10 Uh-oh. and they could kind of skirt those laws that's one of yeah. the funny things you see is like the,
1: the, producing it if they're a different business
0: yeah well not even different business different address is what the the brewery <laughs> uh what one of the owners at, at DraftWorks was actually telling me just different address and people do it so weird beer laws will not escape us
1: yeah like i don't know one of my favorite um m Sauter. i probably said this on the podcast before um, pints and panels. She says you don't have to drink a lot of beer to love beer. Um, and I think that, you know, maybe, maybe we could all learn from Missoula a little bit, you know, that 48 ounces of beer might, might be plenty. I think that's a great idea.
0: It's not bad. And it makes sense in a place like Missoula where uh, a lot of people live just outside of the town. And if you go mm-hmm. to drive on like,
1: Right, probably not dark a lot highways. of
0: highways. Like- not a ton of walkability. Uh, I I can't remember if there were like big uh, streetlights on the highways either. Like yeah. it, it seemed like it was very dark when uh, it was night. Uh, Pat asked, "Yes, they do do tasters." I got a flight at Draft Works, but it, it still just counts towards your forty-eight ounce limit. Weird beer laws. Uh, you know, shout out to our friends from Minnesota who won some great new beer laws last month. We're going to be pulling for our friends in Montana to maybe get some of those loosened. I don't, I don't disagree with you MC, but like, I don't think like they should regulate it and be like, you can't have more than 48 ounces. Like if we all want to take in the practice of like, Hey, I'm going to limit myself to just two at this place tonight. And I'm going to call it a night, like good for you. Right. I think that's something we should all try, but I think it's kind of,
1: also, 48 ounces is very different to a lot of people. 48 ounces to me, that is a lot of beer. I am 4'11. I am a very small person. So, <laughs> 40 ounces of beer is plenty. You know, that is not the case for everybody.
0: I mean, that is a pretty sufficient amount of beer. Like, uh, what is it? Four, three, three, three pints. Four
1: 12 ounce beers.
0: Four 12 ounce beers. Oh yeah, that's why I I, I think in pipe math. I couldn't do the math in my head. But yeah, everything everything I had was uh was twelve ounces that was served to me. Either twelve ounces or like four ounce tasters. Yeah, I I mean I guess that's cool. Like just, just have a, a a few. But uh I don't know where I'm going for this. I am I'm I'm bordering on advocating for people like drinking a bunch of beer at breweries I, and being able to go to other brews. And that's not something I wanna I, I don't wanna advocate for that. And cool. I don't have I don't have a joke to come out of that either. Just, just really crashed and burned out of that.
1: You might have to go to a couple of different breweries if you want to drink more than forty-eight ounces. That said, uh,
0: almost every brewery opened at like twelve or two, even on like Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So they, they kind of bridge that gap, give you some mm-hmm. time to drink, take some beers home, spend time with your family. You know,
1: go on a walk. You're in Montana.
0: Yeah, go on a walk. Maybe I'm getting this all wrong. <laughs> maybe maybe that's wrong too you maybe shouldn't go walking out into the dark in Montana after 8 when you just drank a bunch of beers and you're wandering out with a 4 pack smelling like a tasty malty treat for a grizzly bear Right?
1: fall into a river walking downtown
0: get run over by a surfer
1: by <laughs> a surfer
0: <laughs> <laughs> they probably do it at night I should have went back down there at night they probably have headlamps on Really yeah. ha- put, put on headlamps and, and surf at night.
1: Extreme surfing.
0: Extreme surfing. Now we got Go to ahead. incorporate the bear into the surfing somehow. Oh, boy. This, oh. Is, <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm excited to share more about Missoula over these next episodes and excited that MC will be joining us. MC, anything else you're excited to learn about
1: in Missoula? I know so little about Montana in general that, I mean, I'm just looking forward to, like, learning everything. I'll, all I think about when I think about Montana is, like, a lot of space and, you know, big sky country. Uh, and I'd love to hear more about the culture and the culture around the beer, um, what people like to drink up there. Yeah, I'm just excited to um, talk to some folks and and see what gets them excited about uh, about beer in Missoula.
0: And we are most certainly going to do that over these next few episodes featuring Missoula. We got great beers, great breweries to feature. We got some great guests lined up for our later episodes our coming up episodes. Uh, It's great to have MC back. MC, plug plug the brewery you work at again. Everybody go to.
1: It's called Log Log boat. Boat. It's called Log Boat. Um, yeah we're in Columbia Missouri we don't distribute outside of Columbia or outside of Missouri we distribute all through Missouri so if you're near Missouri in Missouri pick up some pick up some snapper IPA some bobber lager those are my favorites Mammut English mild those are my favorites
0: you guys you guys do it English mild regularly that's
1: how you feel about English Milds, Brian yep yeah.
0: I got to get, I got to make my way to Missouri. uh, Long time, not very long time. Uh, Followers of the podcast will remember that Missouri was uh, the first state that we featured when I took over. We featured Kansas City and MC was our co host there. So I got to get to Kansas City. I got to get to Columbia. I have been to, I have been to St. Louis as a little kid. No, I did not drink beer. I was 17 when I went there.
1: You got to go back. There's so much good beer.
0: Yes, side project. I mean, so many good breweries,
1: so many good places. So yes, Anheuser
0: Busch. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding.
1: No, their tours are supposed to be really fun. Seriously,
0: it would be um, cool to, to see a big, Everybody
1: you know. listening, don't think of Missouri as a as a non beer state. It is it is a heavy beer state. Come visit after you left.
0: Yeah, kind of make a little trail. But that's what we're doing here, Bruce. Let's for you. We're making a little map so you can take a road trip. Um, shout out to the first person that does the exact road trip that we're trying to plan on here. You have a beer at a bar on me for the rest of your life. Boy, I hope that is a promise I don't have to uphold, but shout out to, uh, draft for providing great beer for this episode. We'll have some more beer from them next week. And we'll definitely learn more about that brewery from our guest, possibly guests next week. Uh, until then. You can learn more about DraftWorks at draftworksbrewery.com. If you like this show and want to support uh, us and try awesome beers from small breweries across the country, then head over to brewonit.com and sign up for the beer club. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Untapped. We'll be back next week with another episode. But until then, stay safe, be kind, and support your local
1: breweries. Cheers, everybody.